Welcome back, podcast listeners. We're here with episode 129 today, and I'm pretty excited. I've actually got a special guest for you all today. And Tony, we've got our we've got our main listener online today with us. Yes, I know, and it's uh, but don't don't tell the secret to everyone, Jamie, that we actually have to pay this main listener to actually listen to us. <laughs> yeah. I got a message the other day that he'd. Uh, he listened to my little icy poll intro, so I actually knew that he was listening. Maybe he only listens to the intro to hear my voice, and once you sort of take over from there, Tony, he sort of zones out, but it's good to know he's getting through my section. That's understandable. He has to put up with he's probably in three, four meetings a day with me, so I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he zones out when he hears my voice. It's totally understandable. But so that's how, many, how many times do you have to hear the same story, hey, Vaughan? Yeah, oh, but look. Today I am introducing Vaughan, Tony. I am introducing uh, a senior associate of Kofkin Bond, and as you said, someone that works very closely with you. So, Vaughan, welcome. Pleasure, pleasure, guys, to be on the podcast finally. And you're right. Uh, I think the first 30 seconds of the podcast is when I really get a feel as to to what sort of direction it's heading, and then um, and then Tony starts to warm up, and it's just another day <laughs> in the office. So. <laughs> it's interesting, like that. I, I think you've. You started working closely with him over the last few months. I think you've been with us four months now. But, yeah, look, I've been six years. So those stories that you've heard over the four months, they keep rolling. That's it. Well, it's uh, it's I'm like a sponge at the moment. I'm soaking a lot in. Um, and every time every time you hear a new story, you know you're going to hear it a few times. So you get a couple of chances to really soak in all the all the knowledge. But um, but no, wouldn't have it any other way. And Tony, you love us hearing the stories, don't you? I love telling them, and I just, I just, you guys just have to put up with them and listen to them. <laughs> but look, today, Vaughan, um, the reason we jumped you on, we gave you about four minutes notice before we jumped on, but I, I was having a chat with Tony, and, and we were talking about your background and, you know, sort of the full circle you've come in the financial world, and we were having a discussion, we thought it'd be great to talk today and understand you sort of seen both sides of the financial world, people that have been in real distress um, and then I guess the good side of, of building wealth and, and seeing what they can achieve with their goals. But I think having that foundation from, you know, your past experiences has been really good. So do you want to touch on where you started and then sort of what you've seen before reaching Kaufman Bond? Sorry, just before I interrupt, uh, Jamie is born because you're going to be talking about uh, people that have been in distressed debt. Uh, don't don't speak about the banking institution that you worked for. Don't mention their name, okay? So it's uh, so let, let's go from there because they haven't done anything wrong, but that you you were dealing with a lot of people of distressed debt. So we don't want to we don't want people to think that we're having a go at that institution in any way. So it's uh so yeah so give a give a bit of background of where you're from, Vaughan. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was uh, working for a couple of years, over a couple of years, um, at a large uh, Australian institution that um, provided credit to customers and um, personal loans, credit cards, um, car loans, um, all that sort of um, sort of consumer finance. And I did the full circle. You're right in terms of. Um, a, a quite lengthy stint in sales where um, we were essentially tasked with um, increasing um, customers' debt for, you know, um, certain things that they might need in terms of just regular um, purchasing, not home loans, not up to that level, but, um, you know, just regular um, rolling over debt from credit cards, that sort of things, um, car loans. Uh, and, and then I moved into, at the start of the pandemic, um, sort of, early to mid 2020 moved into hardship which was 
you know, obviously for the first time, the first period of my stint of this company, it was all about um, providing customers with what they wanted. And, and it was sort of the, the bright side, the happy side of it. Your loan's approved. There you go. Go go on holiday. Go have your wedding, that sort of thing. Um, and then it was... Well, I, I do laugh about that. It's from the finance side of things. Yeah. You know, we're, we're always building, but it's like, you know, when you're giving people money, they're always pretty happy with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, when you go to get your first. Getting, uh, yeah, there was no issue getting signatures uh, on, on those documents. <laughs> so, uh, let me assure you and that, yeah. I always think, Jess, she's the same. She said she just had a great story today. Um, young couple got their first home. She's like, it's just so great to see their excitement. Like, yeah, when you're giving people money, they're always happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, and that's what it was all about. And that's how we were uh, almost, you know, trained to uh, to treat the, the situation with the clients. It was a case of this is a good story. You know, what can you do to make this person happy and, and help them achieve their goal? Um, and in a lot of cases, their goals were it was kind of achieving a short term goal and then facing long term consequences, which weren't always uh, sort of planned for as best as yeah. possible. And so that was that sort of smacks you in the face when you move over to hardship, and it's a case of you know the the money's been spent, the debts you know rising, and uh, how can I actually my situation's changed as it did for a lot of Australians at the start of um, 2020 in, in COVID. Um, my income's been cut in half, or you know we've gone from two household incomes, two salaries to one. You know the, the food still needs to come in, etc. So that was a that was a significant change in terms of the attitude, and obviously the the outcome you're trying to achieve is still the best for the for the customer every time. But um, you know their approach to dealing with you, it's it's a stressful time for them, and you've got to negotiate through that. Um, so as a staff member, it was enjoyable helping uh, helping people throughout that phase, but. Um, you know, you can also understand that with appropriate planning and uh, actually living within your means um, as per what, you know, thinking about worst case scenarios a bit more, you'd have a lot less cases like that. Vaughan, well, yeah. can I ask a question? It's um, with the, when you were working on, I suppose, the sales side of actually giving people money uh, and then working on the other side of maybe ringing those same people and saying, we need the money back. Why aren't you repaying it? Um, just in regards to when you were on the sales side, was that before the Royal Commission? Uh, I joined before. Uh, yep. and our, um, the way we worked actually changed quite significantly because the Royal Commission came during my stint there. So, yeah, before the Royal Commission, it was, um, you know, we, we had quite simple uh, targets to hit and they were really based around um, how, how much new cash can you bring in the door? How many loans can you settle a month? Um, it, it was quite simple in that regard. And then um, obviously once the Royal Commission came in, we what moved about, on. What about the um, background checks on the individuals? I mean, rather than just your ID checks and things like that, like, I remember when um, a colleague of ours on his uh, very first paycheck went and obtained a loan, no other work experience, and obtained a loan to buy a car. Right. Uh, and and he got the and he got the loan uh, basically approved within around about three days. Now I don't think that would have been done this time, but it was uh, that was based on one paycheck that he had actually received. So yeah. so how I mean, did they have to give you reasons like planning for the wedding or? Uh, yeah, because yeah, when yeah. they run out of money, they might need more money to plan for the divorce. I mean, yes. <laughs> we spoke about that last week. 
Yeah. <laughs> so how, 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 I mean, and you're, you guys were, and this is the financial institution, not you personally, because uh, I know you're on a salary, but, you know, when people are incentivized to bring it in, bring it in, bring it in by getting bonuses, and if you reach these targets, you keep your job, and if you reach these targets, you get paid bonuses, um, is that can that distort in respect to some people trying to get stuff across the line, you think? I know you wouldn't, otherwise you wouldn't be working with us. No, but otherwise, yeah, yeah. You do, you do, you do definitely hear about um, those sorts of things within the industry, no doubt. Um, but on regarding what sort of checks are done, they do, you know, fairly thorough credit checks. You know, all your your previous credit history is looked into. There are certain, depending on your employment status, there are certain criteria you need to meet. But yeah, by all means, there can be cases where, um, for example, living expenses was a big one in terms of their capacity to, to make the repayments. Um, there was a lot of grey area in that space when I entered um, the industry as to how much you can, um, I guess, manipulate what a customer believes they spend versus what they actually spend. And so as time went on and towards the end of my time uh, at that company, there was, um, you know, it even went down to the postcode you live in, uh, living expenses were calculated as per your, um, you know, age, uh, income and actual postcode based on the average prices there. Whereas when I started, if someone tells you they spend 50 bucks a month, you can put in 50 bucks a month. And um, that actually did lead to, um, in the future when um, auditing came through and saw some of these loans were written and the living expenses were, were so low that some of those loans actually had to be, um, you know, the repayments were cancelled. So um, I think the compliance cost to the business actually, as regulation has increased, has actually been beneficial not only to the customer, but um, but also I think it's a lot clearer for, for everyone working within it. I agree. And we've talked about that within our industry as well, Tony, that, you know, Royal Commission was a good thing. Um, in a sense, like aspects taken out of it has really improved the industry. Yeah, definitely. So just then, Vaughan, going to the other side where you were started working in hardship there, where uh, that went from, you know, probably after the Royal Commission and, and especially with uh, COVID, probably had a few extra bums on seats. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, how was it having to make those calls to people? Yeah, well, it was actually my because my sales team at the start of 2020, there was no no Australian uh, needed or was in a position to borrow borrow money uh, at that time in this you know consumer finance um, um, space, and so our whole sales teams got got moved over um, temporarily at first, and then we got uh, moved over permanently. So we actually had to shut the phone lines down. Um, there was that much demand. Uh, so we shut the phone lines down after people were being put on hold just for ridiculous amounts of time and then um, just worked through, Just we were just inundated with online applications for hardship and um, that was that was for the first period of it. And then once we'd um, gone through the application, then we'd call them and speak to them and, and learn about their situation. Um, so I think it definitely it definitely tests your soft skills in terms of um, you know practicing empathy and and understanding that um, you know there's a lot of a lot of people that perhaps didn't understand the product as best as they should have uh, perhaps the the, the surely people surely people understand that if you borrow money you have to repay it and there's terms there's terms in repaying it 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think they should, but you know, you, you do have to sometimes question if as much has been done around education um, and you know, financial literacy for your average credit card consumer is is not particularly high, I would say, and that's sure. that's definitely something that attracted me to coming to this industry um, in terms of financial planning. In that, you know, it's the job is to actually educate and, and help. Um, and you don't have cases like that where people find themselves in sticky situations two years later because um, the household income's halved, but the repayments haven't. So, um, or, so yeah. if, or if repayments even go the other way, you know, we, we always stress test anything that we're doing um, by increasing yeah. interest rates. And, you know, I think that's something that people don't even do. They, you know, they might halve in pay, but what happens if everything's still the same but interest rates are starting to go up? Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, uh, having those discussions in, in hardship, it was um, we were obviously in a team, and so we were definitely we definitely needed to lean on each other internally as a team. But in terms of um, interacting with customers that time, you know, everyone's different. Some people just wanted to um, get it sorted and move on, but for some people, it was a really stressful experience, and um, and it was an opportunity for us really to um, to reassure them that we could uh, make alternative arrangements and it wasn't all going to cave in for them. The saddest part of this is what you've spoken about there was a mini example um, with multiple, multi, you know, tens of thousands of people in one financial institution. Um, but that's a mini example of what caused the GFC. Uh, people being able to get debt, they should never have been given a loan in the first place. Um, and in this case, usually secured against property, uh, but property only ever goes one went one way apparently in north, uh, never went south in value. And where people were given finance at low interest rates, but when the uh, when the credit default swap kicked in and the interest rates basically doubled, these people all of a sudden were out of a house and. Um, and they thought they were sitting on a great asset that, of course, ended up being sold for next to nothing, whereas the department you're working in, people were usually spending it on things or experiences with no asset backing it, so no asset to sell it to be able to make a repayment in the event of losing a job or only one pay, et cetera, you know, uh, borrowing an extra $5,000 for their wedding rather than because it was the wedding of their dreams and then putting themselves into financial stress, and we know a lot of a lot of people who go through divorces due to financial stress. Mm. So it's uh, so you know, so little examples like that, I think, is where it just reminds me, you guys are all too young to understand what I'm talking about regarding the GFC. But I saw the actual stress um, and what was caused by financial institutions and greed. Yeah. You know, well, so you watch Wolf of Wall Street. Don't worry, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, I just well, I just remember Margot Robbie. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, watch, watch the Big Short, or have a look at the true story of Lehman Brothers, uh, and then you understand the real thing. Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street was just a guy flogging, pumping, dumping, flogging shares, which I'm glad ASIC are on top of those platforms now. Uh, yeah. Here, where they've actually told you you could face jail and a million dollar fine. So if you promote a pump and dump, uh, which is all Wolf of Wall Street was about. Um, but, you know, maybe when you watch Wolf of Wall Street, though, Vaughan, you still didn't understand what stock bro- what stock markets were. But <laughs> you just, you just saw exactly. Margot Robbie with Jamie. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. but, but I guess, Vaughan, the shift has come now and you're talking about how those foundations are laid. How, how, how do you feel like you're using those experiences with clients now? You know, we, we were just speaking of a great budget we did with a client the other day. Um, is that how you see it really matching up and, and understanding people's cash flow and, and what is affordable? 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, in this space you're actually working from the base up. You're you're actually setting a plan out for a client that um, you know firstly is goals based and also has flexibility. Um, and I know that those are two things that we really focus on when we're setting up plans for clients is that it needs to always actually link back to a goal of theirs. Um, and if if that involves debt or if that involves certain investments or, or insurance, that's what we draw up. Um, and also it needs to be flexible because things do change. And that's why, you know, the example of stress testing um, debt repayments at different rates um, or, or any sort of, um, you know, insurance that we might recommend. Um, we do stress test things. And I think it's it's certainly, um, you know, the, the experiences of helping people in bad times do help you for you know, planning out someone's future because you, you've seen that things can go wrong, and um, you know those tough conversations that you might have had to had uh, had to have previously can actually you, you know what to do to help avoid that and to yeah. give clients flexibility so that um, if this happens, this is something else that we can recommend for you or you know in that scenario. So. And I think, you know, Tony, we always talk about those hard conversations and you're correct. You know, I know some of the brutal conversations Tony has to have with clients, um, but, you know, it's just part of our job that we need to get through them. Well, it's actually not also about what the client wants. It's actually about what the client can achieve without putting themselves under stress. Uh, and sometimes both of them match, but, you know, we've, we've uh, got one new client, a new client of ours recently who uh wanted to borrow a heap more money to you know already has uh several properties and wanted to buy borrow a heap more money to buy another property and the bank said we're not loaning you any more money you're in debt up to your eyeballs now they certainly had a household income that can support the debt but the bank said no and that was actually quite interesting uh when the bank said no and for them to be able to buy their dream principal place of residence were actually uh, selling off a couple, but what we pointed out to him is he didn't need all of this to achieve what his uh, goals were over the next 20 years. He was going to achieve them even before he even met us. So it's actually about us maximising. And for us in his situation, was actually taking a whole lot of risk off the table, unnecessary risk that he actually has sitting there uh, against some assets which just haven't performed in any way whatsoever. So that's a classic example of being able to do the stress test. But the only way we could do that is by finding out what was the client's goals to start with, then working backwards and saying, you're going to wait to pass these goals, so why are you putting yourself under so much stress on a month-to-month -month basis? You know, so it's uh, we can bring this back if you want. So it's um, so if anyone hears hammering in the background, I don't know what's going on outdoors, but sorry about that. So it always happens. Usually dogs bark, or in this case, yeah. hammers start going. <laughs> yeah. so, so, I've, got a, yeah. I've got a couple of sleeping animals right beside me at the moment, so they're, they're enjoying it, but it's not barking at the moment. Yep. So, so Vaughan, what's, what's been the, you know, for you over the last four months? You've, you, I mean, you, you've got, you haven't walked into here straight out of university. You've got great work experience. Uh, you've worked at a, one of Australia's largest cheese factories in accounts. Uh, you've got the accounting and commerce background. Uh, you worked in a large financial institution. Now you come to a, you know, a rapidly growing uh, and, uh, you know, private wealth management and business advisory firm. So how, how have you found those differences? What, what for you is most exciting about making a career change that you did? 
Yeah, oh, I think, well, aside from finally getting the chance to be on the podcast, this is the moment I've been waiting for. <laughs> uh, Jamie, I told John, you to wait for another 12 months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just, he's just pumped to get on, and so is his mum. She's going to be listening in, and she's going to really enjoy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one's mum no is prouder of them than yours, Jamie. That's right. She's, she's an avid listener too. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Carmel. <laughs> Well, uh, no, no. I think Tony, to answer your question, it, it's about um, it's about the challenge of being part of a growing um, a growing firm that's actually doing good. Um, and I think those those two things um, are what really make the make this firm right now so exciting. Is that um, we're on a, a really exciting growth trajectory, um, and um, we've got a great team here. Um, it's a small but ever growing team, um, and also doing good. Where, you know, every day we actually help people put themselves in better positions, um, and that's a key part of the advice we provide whenever we do produce a statement of advice. And I know it's the first thing we go through with clients every time we present advice. It's the better position statement. It's how how is our work actually going to benefit you in the long term? Um, so that's what I've really enjoyed about it so far is that. Um, it's actually, you know, taking a client's position, whether they're already in a, a strong position or uh, they're a wealth accumulator or um, or things have got a bit messy, whatever the situation is, we can actually show them uh, how we're adding value to their life. Um, so that's probably, that, that's what I love about this. And that's something that I think, obviously, everyone's, uh, everyone's situation is different, but I think that's something that can be hard to find when you're working in a, in a really large company um is that that value add you know how am i how is me going to work every day adding value to someone else where in this environment it's crystal clear yeah i think also too vaughn coming from a large financial institution to a firm like ours is that when you're dealing with somebody they're giving them money or telling them that they have to repay the money uh you sat on both sides of the fences there you don't know that person uh you're giving someone a, some brief amount of instantaneous gratification by giving them five thousand dollars for the wedding or for the for the car or whatever the case may be or a credit card to go out and buy things they don't need or want uh but can now buy um on debt and then you've gone to the other side defense where you've had to say yeah listen uh we're going to need you to start repaying that money now uh, otherwise there's going to be you know legal consequences which is you know the case you if you take it if you take on an obligation and don't meet that obligation there's potential legal uh impl impl implications for actually doing that so so to actually go on that side of the fence where you're dealing with somebody that at the end of the day you hang up and go home and to, the, to you they're actually just a number to actually dealing in this case with real people building relationships and things like that have you found how have you found that satisfaction come the end of the day in respect to what you were doing compared to what you are doing now? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about um, within the the large um, financial services company that it's a it's a case of you know an application comes in or a request comes in, you do your checks off the phone behind the scenes, you you, you check all the information you have on them, and then you come back to them with a yes or no. And that's a, that's often the extent of the relationship. Um, whereas in this environment, it's an ongoing discussion. It's an ongoing service we provide, and it's an ongoing discussion in that um, you know people's lives change, and we set them up for flexibility. And 
the, the most important thing um, for us is actually having that relationship with the client so that and and the client's family in a lot of cases because um, you know we, we need to we need to be across everything as to best advise them um, so I definitely think that as in my first four months here and obviously you've uh, been doing it for 29 years and uh, about 10 months I think uh, <laughs> Stop age, stop aging me, Vaughn. You do that every time we talk. <laughs> you keep talking about these old people who are younger than me. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I've seen firsthand that you know a lot of our clients have, have been here for uh, decades and actually several generations of the family are, are on board. So um, you know on that basis, it's quite clear that the the relationship with the client is uh, is pivotal really um, to being able to help them best. So Vaughan, just for the listeners, because people are only getting to know you, just uh, to, let's, let's sort of end this on, on a couple of questions. Uh, what's 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 life like for Vaughan outside of Kofkin Bond? Besides, oh, well. besides besides the fact that you got the you know the nickname from us from month to month, it's either Freddie Mercury or or <laughs> or, uh, or Roger Federer, depends on how <laughs> how the moustache is going. So it's uh, what's life like for Vaughan outside of um, uh, Kofkin Bond? I think uh, as for all of us at the moment, life's quite simple. Uh, but no, I I do get out. What would you like life to be for? Where <laughs> <laughs> come come fifth of November when we have a bit of freedom yeah. back and have a couple of needle holes in our shoulders. <laughs> so so. That's it. Well, uh, no, as you know, I get out on the bike a lot. I am a uh, uh, not quite a middle-aged man in lycra. I'm a young man in lycra. <laughs> so I do like to get out on the bike a lot. Um, up to the Danny Nongs or king lake or along the beach um i'm into my i'm a, I'm a sport man I, I love my sport i'm deeply entrenched in the formula one season at the moment which i'm trying to get jamie along but uh he, he hasn't quite bitten yet i think it's a bit I'll late come, i'll come along next season i'll come along next season. Oh, next season mate this season's a thriller all right yeah <laughs> but um but no um but won't it be nice when we can go down to albert park and watch it live yeah wouldn't that be nice again what a dream yeah. Yeah, no, that's it. No, well, yeah. I mean, speaking of which, I I did a lot of travelling before COVID. Uh, I've had a little little Australia hiatus at the moment, as we all have. But um, no, I, I'd say I, I do love travelling. I've I've been on a few trips to um, Europe and Asia, and most recently Central America and, and South America. So I like to um, throw myself into another culture and uh, see how I like it. Um, and yeah, no, just just get outside. Love the outdoors. And, and a beer and a beer with me when we're allowed to open back up. You went for the beers. Yeah. So come come first out of the office. We're going out for dinner yeah. and a few beers. I think. Yeah, I, I, I think I did notice during that little part there where a few people were back at the office. You know, one minute past five, and everyone had beers on their desk. And it was just like, <laughs> who's who raided my stash? Because you're only <laughs> drinking Peronis or Heinekens. It didn't look like anyone That's was right. buying I, their I, own. So, yeah. I was. I had a call with Tony. We were working on a. It was a Friday afternoon, uh, just topping up a few things for a client, and he, I turned my camera on, and it's myself and his two sons with a beer in, in hand. Best <laughs> <laughs> way to have it. All right, good, gents. I, I really appreciate your time, Vaughn. It was fantastic having you on, um, and, and you'll definitely be invited back for a few podcasts, I think. Yeah, it's easy. Any time, guys. 
Coffin Bond Podcast is a product from Coffin Bond & Co., which we are an authorised representative of Gown Financial. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of the Coffin Bond Podcast are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decision, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Kofkin Bond website, or you can find resources on the ASIC website and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Kofkin Bond and Co. and the hosts of the Kofkin Bond podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of the country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.